No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. That's right, we changing the game, son! I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I, sold on that. I'm not sold on that idea. I just don't know what game we're playing. Okay. Well, yeah. now, now, I mean, we're, ch- we're changing the game because we don't know what we're playing, and now yeah. I buy that. Like, we I'm don't like that. this game, so we turned the last game off, so now we're playing a new game. <laughs> oh, we just put a new game in, in the system. Okay, we, so raged, we raged quit the last game, so now we're playing a new <laughs> game this week on Word Bros. What's up? <laughs> Welcome to a brand new episode of Word Bros. I'm Bob. That's my friend, Kevin. Kevin, what do we do together? We do this podcast together. We write comics together. What comics have we written together, Kevin? We've written a few comics. Um, A couple of volumes of Metal Shark Bro, uh, Ninja Nuns, um, some other things people will never read. uh, You can get them on Comixology, but that's cool. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, uh, we've written a few comics. Yep, we are comic creators. We talk to other comic creators on this podcast, and this week will be no different. We have Doug Wagner and Hoyt Silva on. I'm very excited to talk to both of them. Uh, they're both great guys, and um, we should just get to that and talk to them about Yumi, Spy Fatal, Baddie Royale. Doug, Doug Wagner, do you have a, a specific brand of fizzy water that you that you enjoy? No, dude, I'm I'm low rent. So if it's got fizz in it, I'll drink it. Like, you know, I, I, even, I even have like a soda stream at the house. I'll do soda stream, dude. Like, you know, just crank it up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> soda stream. So, uh, we had a soda stream way back in the day, and the problem with soda stream wasn't the actual contraption, but it was the bulkiness of. Because we had like, I guess, like the first generation ones that were 10 foot tall and five foot wide and you couldn't put them anywhere. So that we just had to get rid of it. But I love the the soda stream thing, man. All the little flavor. Do you do the flavors or no? No, just water. Just the water? Yep. Nice. That's cool. That's clean living, Doug. I dig it. <laughs> I, I, I got to have the flavors, Doug. So I'm on the, I'm on the opposite. I'm yeah, fancy, I man. It's gotta I don't have one of those things because I'd have to have the flavors too. And yeah, I just I'm, destroy I'm some flavors. So I, I can't even... <laughs> Yeah, I can't do that to myself. I'll have diabetes so fast. Is it one you have now? <laughs> is that flavored? Yeah, it's cherry lime. Oh, okay. Okay. Cherry lime. Now, is it like is it like the Lacroix or whatever? What is it? The Lacroix? Oh should, no, I'm low rent. I'm, I'm like a cross between Doug and Hoyt. I'm low rent. It's the it's the Walmart brand, like the the okay. fifty cent the okay. fifty cent fizzy water because you can get like a whole shopping cart full for like two dollars. I mean, okay. Because what is it? What's go ahead, Doug. I'm sorry. You know what upsets me about that is if it's the Walmart or Kroger brand, everything on the label should be misspelled. It should be like some kind of weird cherry line that's not spelled right. You know, like, I think it's right. It's, it's oh, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. That's because, not real. 
we get the bubbly in this in, the, in this house. The bubbly is good. We tried the La, is it Lacroix or Lacroix or whatever it is. Lacroix, Lacroix, La 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 yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That shit tastes like Awful. hairspray. It tastes yeah, like hairspray. Yeah. Like they just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I can't mess with that stuff yeah. either. Yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> No, you no. white someone people trip in there for that summer. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> dude, someone once described that to me as uh, what was it? It's like sticking your tongue on a car battery while someone thinks of the flavor really hard. So yeah, that's yeah. I don't mess with Lacroix either. It's gross. The bubbly though is not bad. Like the bubbly isn't bad, but you only get eight cans in a in a container. Like you know, like a, like you know, like the what are they called, Kevin? The square ones. You worked soda for a while. Oh, the case. The cases, yeah, there it is. I don't know why the word case just completely <laughs> flew out of my brain. At the moment. I thought there's maybe it's bubbly water. I thought it would be something different. But anyway, enough about bubbly water and beverages. Uh, let's talk to Doug and Hoyt about their brand new Kickstarter that's already funded. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> now tell us, uh, Doug, tell us what's the title of this book and, and how can people get it and why should they get it and all that stuff. Just get it. <laughs> Get it out of the way, all of it. Um, so it's Jimmy Spy Fatal, uh, Spy Fatal, Batty Royale. Um, basically, uh, Hoyt and I came up with this idea of like, we want to do something out of control action wise with a base of like, what if we flipped James Bond? So instead of James Bond being your main character, it's one of these, you know, if you go back to the old days, you know, one of the women that he kind of like is trying to use to get to the main villain. But this, female characters like um no i'm still in love with you and i'm not letting you go oh nice okay <laughs> yeah so, total out of control action you know just kind of fun um honestly hoyt and i started it off just like i mean it, it is and it still is you know until we get money from kickstarter but it's been a labor of love for us and it's like we got together and we're like hey we want to put together a book that has the stuff in it we want to see okay period no other like we're not worried about editors we're not worried about paychecks we want to do something that we want to do and, uh, and that's, I think, pretty close to what we ended up with. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it seems to have resonated with the audience because, I mean, you guys were funded in, what, less than a day? Oh, no, it took us a week. No, no, Come on, week. man. Yeah, it, it wasn't that long. It, 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 it was like a week. It was a week. It might have felt like a day to y'all, but it felt like a year to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a whole month went by in those first, like, five it days. Did. For sure. Well, you guys are um, funding. This is like a hundred and, like, what, 20-page graphic novel or some crazy shit like that? 136. Yeah. That's yeah. insane, That's dude. awesome. Yeah. God, that's a lot of that's a lot of pages, guys. And Kevin, there's yeah. a hardback. There's a hardback available, right, Doug? That's there's right. a hardback. Right. You got a hard cover. You got a soft cover. You even have a metal covered yeah. trade. Uh, Ooh, Bobby, Bobby, oh, wait a minute. Hang, hang on, hang on, dude. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're late. You're late to the party. I already backed the hard cover. Yeah. I backed the soft <laughs> cover because I don't care about the. But the metal cover. What year is this? What are we doing? What's up, dude? Welcome to '95. I'm not talking about like sprinkling gold dust on it oh no yeah it's actually it a cover metal. made out of metal it's made of steel yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not no like, way uh, yeah, yeah. Real, quickly clank man like that thing you, is no. <laughs> like seriously a metal cover now this is the logist how are you going to ship something like that like is it still because uh, don't they ask they ask a bunch of questions before like is there perishable liquid blah 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 rah 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 book it's yeah, but it's a got a metal cover. cover. Yeah, like, isn't that? Yeah, but whatever. I mean, you know, whatever. It's still they a book, They don't have I think, to bring it within the cons. Point Silva, did you, Point Silva, did you run this by your local post office to see if it's cool if you ship metal-covered no. books to people? 
No, I, I just asked them if we can ship out. books, and yeah, they said books, yes. Right. Yeah, I said yes. Yeah, I don't know what. To me, it's a book. Like you know, if you were yeah, going to ship the Necronomicon, you could ship that. I mean, that's yeah. a book. Now is that is that a nod to the the to the uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, video that you guys did? Because is it, is it going to be like <laughs> slightly? Uh, is, is it is there going to be like guys with exclamation points on the cover, like on the metal cover? <laughs> I might have to change my my pledge. That's why I'm asking. Was, right. Uh, <laughs> right. In that yeah, case, so like, yes. Okay. Right. In that case, yes. Please. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Actually, um, what they are is they're metal versions of like the other covers. So there's okay. one for Lois's cover and one for um Elisa's cover. So uh, and they're they're still we still have some of those available. So you, they're awesome. Like honestly, oh, yeah. like I I want one of those like just to have at the house to like clank on the coffee table. You know, so yeah. so when this whole pandemic thing's over and people come over, they'll be like, "Yo, what is that?" You know, like it's just this metal thing in the middle of the uh, the coffee table. I figured that would be a a nice conversation piece. So. so why did you? Yeah. So why did I? Why did I back a robot here? What is happening? Like, like what, what am I, why am I getting sheet metal in the mail from Hoyt Silva right, and Doug Wagner? Right. What is happening? Oh, it's the book they sent me. That's right. Okay. Cool. That's cool. All right. So you guys. Half the stuff we're selling you can use as a weapon. It's true. Yeah, it's true. That's so, the you know. The riddle of steel. So it's the riddle of steel. You know, it's like you throw the book instead of throwing a hat or a shoe. You can throw the book. <laughs> now, Doug, are you a big James Bond fan to kind of go into this world to tell the story of a of a, of a spy's jilted lover? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I grew up with the Sean Connery, Roger Moore uh, movies. As a matter of fact, I got to go on the set of uh, Moonraker. Get out of here. When I was a kid, wow. yeah. And I got to meet the guy that played Jaws. You remember the, like that huge, yeah, the you know, big yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the behemoth of a man. He was at uh, Acromegaly or whatever they call that. Uh, is that what they call it? The, the, yeah. The, yeah, it makes, makes people extra big. They have a, a bigger than average pituitary gland. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting, didn't know. Like Andre the Giant, same thing. He had. I know yeah. Andre the Giant, but uh, wasn't that a guy also in Happy Gilmore? Yes. Yeah. He was. That's, right. that's how I don't want to say like that's how I know him, but that's how I know. <laughs> 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 but that's awesome. So you've always been a who now? Who of the James Bond kind of femme fatales are, is your favorite? Um, dude, that's. Uh... That's a tough choice. Yeah, that's, so I'll that's have to, a massively tough choice. Go ahead, Gilroy. For me, for me, I think like I grew up on the because I'm a little bit younger than Doug, so I grew up on the uh, Pierce Brosnan James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, if I'm gonna say a, a, a femme fatale that I really enjoy, <laughs> was probably Zenya on a top, okay. <laughs> which was okay. the Golden Eye, uh, and that was uh, Femke Jensen as. Uh, that's as, right. It was on the top. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 She's great. That was oh, that. Now, Hoyt, oh. is that more? Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin. Let me get, just get this out, and then I'll let you ask. You. <laughs> was this was this more of because of the video game Goldeneye? Because you are of that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I've watched the movie. I think I think that struck me. I was a I was a kid that time too, obviously. So that that hit me. I, I think like anyone of any a any kid, any boy, young that watches James Bond will have like an intense impression. I think regardless of whatever one of the James Bond movies you watch, because mm -hmm. that's like they're all over the top and they're made for like young boys to like just be like, ah, this is so cool. I want to be this dude, you know? <laughs> and I think like that was like at the the heart of what we also were trying to flip because like the idea for the whole thing 
came from a conversation that I had with our editor, Lee Sacco, where we were talking about, I was reading the James Bond novels at the time. And she was sort of saying that there wasn't anything really like that for her. Like she liked James Bond Grunt, but the movies were cool, but they were never like, she was never into them kind of thing. Okay. So we started to like kick back the tropes of like, you know, like we we're just talking about like, for example, Xenia Anatop being like a terrible sexist name that they put on a character. And then sort of like, well, wouldn't it be funny if like, you know, there was the flip of that for like male characters, you know, and then yeah. hence like Richard Head, which is like the name <laughs> of our secret agent and stuff like that. And we, we sort of like just started riffing on that. And then um, like the next day, serendipitously, I mean, I had met Doug maybe like a week before, but like the next day, Doug ca called me to like catch up like a week after we had met him at the convention just to talk about stuff and asked me if I had any ideas about like a badass female lead. And I told him about the conversation that I and Lisako had. And um, then he just like took it from there. So it was like this like whole like crazy, weird, organic thing that happened, you know, while we like, just we're kicking around the idea like you're saying like the whole James Bond thing you know like uh -huh. and being such a huge fan of it like I was just so in love with that and then when I talked to Doug about it he was so in love with the idea of like just James Bond in general as well it was like such like a good match I don't know it was like weird it was weird because usually and you guys probably know this experience like you have an idea about something and you kick it to somebody and then when they come back with whatever idea they have about it it might be completely different than what you had you know and uh Although what Doug came back with whenever after we kicked the idea to each other was different than what I had originally pictured, it was still like exactly in line with like the character we had talked about. And like he had come up with this fucking awesome story. I'm going on and on here, fellas. So it's okay. He had come up with this awesome That's story that I just love so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, it's just like that. I think like right off the beginning, that love to bring it all around, full circle, that love for James Bond has been like in the work from the beginning, you know? I think like we're both like huge fans and not only like we might be poking fun at some aspects of it, but we're only poking fun at aspects of it because like we loved it so much that Makes we sense. thought other yeah. people could use that, you know? So, yeah. Um, the only thing I was the only thing I was gonna say was 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 the Bond girl question. I was gonna say Michelle Yeoh because like she was she was like his equal in like Tomorrow Never Dies. Or the Chinese counter yeah, she was the yeah. Chinese counter agent, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she was dope. That's the news, that's the news one where like the news media guys like trying to take over whatever, right? I believe so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and on the they have that badass chase scene uh, the, on, the on the BMW. And they have no, on the bike on the motorcycle. Is the one oh, that's right. That's right. When they're it handcuffed is. to each other, right? Yes. They're handcuffed to each other and they have like this whole chase scene on a BMW motorcycle. That I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. And I think they went stuntacular for that BMW chase scene because the previous one, which I think was Goldeneye, right, was the one where they go all into the car, like the Z3, and they make mm -hmm. it look like really awesome. But then he like gets in the car and rides it to meet his buddy. And then like, that's the whole, that's it. <laughs> like, there's no, no use for the car whatsoever. In the I mean, thing. They the probably got paid for it. They, they got paid yeah, for oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. They got the endorsement. That's yeah. for sure. No doubt. Product placement, hardcore. Oh yeah, totally. That's yeah. wonderful. So yeah, so you guys are this dynamic duo of teams working together on this thing. So you guys said you've only known each other. How long have you guys been working together? Oh, what, four or five years now? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So this so this idea, has it been in the works for a long time or was this something that just kind of, it just kind of hit and you just went with it immediately? No, we've, no, been, we've been working on it for a while, yeah. Yeah, I, I completed the book like 
quite a bit ago before we even really decided like where we were going to go with it and what we were going to do with it. Um, like Doug said, it was like a labor of love over the past like four or five years or so. Oh, wow. Uh, we've been working on it. Yeah. And so it's just been like in between other projects, you know, I mean, you guys know how it is. If you're totally. working on something that you have to do, it's, you have to, I have to keep the lights on. So if I have to do a issue of something or a cover or whatever it is that I have to do, you know, I have to do that to pay the bills um, so that I can afford to do this you know that's cool. um yeah yeah yeah. but it was i mean it, it's been a while we've been working on it for quite a while so that's awesome yeah kevin I, oh i didn't have anything to say I mean, <laughs> okay no, so you're just, i was listening i was listening i thought I, I thought you had something to say. I, th- I just don't want to I, I, I thought somebody else was gonna say something so i was like i'm not trying to interrupt yeah it was weird <laughs> so doug what's it like working with hoyt then man do you, do you dig working with him Oh yeah, dude, I absolutely loved it. I mean, one of the great, <laughs> one of the great things, I mean, and you guys will understand this too, because you've worked on several books, like there's certain creators you just get along with, like right out of the gate. And Hoyt and I, from the day one, like we, we were on the same page and that always helps because sometimes, you know, you're working with somebody and they're like, oh, you know, I think the character should look like this. And you're like, that's not what I have in my head. That's not even close to what I have in my head. But right out of the gate, like Hoyt and I kind of were on the same page. We were headed in the same direction. And I think, again, it comes all comes all back to like, we have the same love of, of the same stories, you know, like The Matrix and Fifth Element and movies like that that were like, let's do something like that in comics. You know, that was kind of like our, our coming out goal. And, and Hoyt had always, always liked uh, the one that Brian and I did, Gun Candy. And he's like, hey, can we do something like that? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, let's <laughs> jump into it. And so, I mean, it was, you know, and, and I work really close typically with like everybody. I'm, I'm you know, and I probably bugged the crap out of Hoyt when it was all going on because I call him and be like, okay, so do you like this line better or do you like this line better? You know, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, what do you think sells this book better? And so, you know, it was, it was just, I, I, like I said, I'm rambling here, but it was an absolute enjoyment. Like I loved it. Well, you, you, oh, go ahead, Kev. No, you. Um, you mentioned you mentioned gun candy. So you guys have worked on other things before without each other. So what what brought you together? Like, because Hoyt's worked on like Last Stop and um, the 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 web comic he's doing with um, Trey. Um, the name's Mongrel. escaping me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then let's plug. That's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to set that up for you. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And Doug's worked on plastic and um, the other uh, book for Shadowline that's escaped, um, for 12 games, it's escaping. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that that just came out and you just had that successful Kickstarter. So, what was the culmination that brought you two guys together, like the circle that, 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 where you guys met? Heroes Con and Brian Stelfreeze. Yeah, Heroes Con and Brian 100%. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, we, we uh, you know, obviously, as you guys know, um, I've I've been a pupil of Brian Stelfreeze's for forever now. Uh, that guy's like one of my best friends and he's taught me everything that I know. And through that, obviously I knew of Doug, you know, and of Doug's work because he had worked with Brian before. And uh, just one year, you know, we just happened to get sat next to each other at Heroes Con and sort of just were kicking the shit and just, you know, got along with each other so well. Um, you know, like, like I said, I was already a huge fan of Doug's, obviously. Like, I had that fan out moment where I was like, dude, gun candy, amazing. You know, like, uh, <laughs> ice, like everything he had done, like, I had really, like, enjoyed already. Um, so I knew Doug was a good writer. And I'd heard stories of Doug in the studio with Brian, you know, like, because I think Doug, and correct if I'm wrong here, but you were essentially one of the only writers in the whole Gaijin, like, era, right? So, like, you were one of the only guys in the room, right, right, right. So, 
I'd heard lots of stories about Brian from that, that, you know, Doug had this amazing pedigree of like writing because, you know, he had sort of come up writing in the midst of a bunch of other like visual storyteller guys. So he was able to communicate well. And then knowing that and meeting Doug, obviously like us clicking really well. Um, I kind of guess I knew I would be friends with Doug because I was friends with Brian. And that's like a weird <laughs> thing when you're friends with Brian, like other people that are friends with Brian, you're pretty sure you could be friends with too. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we just kind of like clicked and like one thing led to another and we ended up working together, but it was that, that really like Brian connection and then heroes. So for sure. The funny thing about that, is, and you guys understand, I mean, anytime you're tabling, right? Some days you're, you know, it's, it's happening and some days it's not. So there'd be times where like Hoyt and I would be sitting there talking to just each other right. for three hours straight, <laughs> nobody else, you know, like this is five years ago, you know, and it's like, you're just sitting there and you're like, so, I mean, what are you into? You know, those kind of like, you're just having those general conversations. Pick and up each kind of, other's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just had that conversation and, you know, he's like, hey, I like your stuff. And I was like, well, dude, I think your stuff's great. And that's where, I mean, honestly, that's where it all happened. It's just as a sit next to each other and then like, hey, we should work together. Yeah. And But you guys actually did it because how many times at cons do people go, <laughs> oh, we should work together. And they're just jerking each other off and nothing ever happens. But you guys actually accomplished the goal, right? Like you have a whole book. That's amazing. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we really did. We liked each other enough. He yeah. was able to put up with my shit enough. Yeah, right to this point you know now doug yeah. you're like a prolific crime writer too man like a lot of your stuff is kind of more kind of crime leading are you secretly like a you know like a james bond <laughs> villain yeah like you're this massive like <laughs> criminal mastermind how does that work dude i, and I appreciate the word prolific because i don't see it that way you know? oh, like, stop I feel like, it. like one, one <laughs> but uh no i mean you know it just it ends up i don't know i'm i'm obsessed with all of that stuff so like you know, when you start talking about plastic and it was like, I mean, dude, I love serial killers. And I love the idea of like, you know, any normal, you know, you're just looking at a normal human being. And it's like the whole the idea behind that was like, you know, what if you just mess with the wrong guy? Like, what if he doesn't look like he's a bad person, but you just mess with the wrong guy, yeah. you know, and, and what happens there and the crime stuff. I mean, it's a lot of it, you know, Brian's in the crime. So is Kevin Gardner, the, the president of 12 gauge. So a lot of that just, you know, kind of goes hand in hand when they're like, Hey, what do you want to do? And those two will always go crime noir. That's yeah. always the first words out of their mouth. Um, but you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I had a, a, a psychiatrist come up to me that had actually read plastic and she was convinced. She's like, the only way you could have written this book is if you have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I just, you know, I, I spend a lot of my time daydreaming. about killing strangers it's really weird but whatever (laughs) now do you draw on any of the kind of the legends of crime writing for your own work like an elmore leonard per se or maybe like a james elroy someone along those lines do you kind of borrow elements from their work for your own I mean, I've read all of that stuff and it's, you know, I don't, I don't intentionally do it. You know, every now and then you bump into, we're like, oh yeah, I just did something that I read in an Elmore Leonard novel. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's obviously, you know, those are inspirations, but I don't necessarily like seek it out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just, dude, I consume so much stuff, especially when I was young. That's all I did. Uh, You know, and it's, yeah, it all bleeds in somehow. (laughs) Now, okay, that's cool. Now, do you have like a like a certain genre? Uh, I guess not genre is the word I'm looking for, but maybe like a, like a favorite crime film director that you can kind of lean on for things visually, or do you like I said, does it just kind of come from where it comes from? Yeah, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I always try to approach things with like I want to take something that's been done, say like James Bond, 
but I want to do it so that it almost feels unique. So it's like putting this layer of uniqueness on top of another property. So I will watch that stuff. The problem becomes is if I see it, I have a tendency to avoid it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of go the opposite direction. It's like, oh, so, you know, no country for old men. They kind of did this guy that's walking around with, you know, whatever that thing was, that air tank. Cattle you know, punch. And, yeah, the cattle yeah. punch, you know, and you're like, oh, I can't use that. That's yeah. that's my first instinct. Yeah. So I try to stay away from that stuff. You know, so Kev, try to get that same feeling. Kevin has a tendency to try to reverse engineer things. I yeah. do. Like he's yeah. very much like the Chinese government in that way. Like, oh, well, I saw this thing, but how can we do it better? <laughs> like, let's different. take let's take it apart and put it back together and make it different, which I think is kind of a challenge in its own right, too. You know, you, you take the elements of something that seems familiar and then kind of turn it on its ear, you know? Yeah, I think that's fine. I, I mean, to me, I think like, you know, I, I'm all of that same mentality in that, like, I think a lot of the ideas that I've ever had for any stories that I've wanted to do come from me seeing something and going either, man, that was, that was good, but they didn't do it right. Or, you know, like, or the feeling of like, man, that was just awful. Like that didn't work at all. And then thinking of a way that to make like a story situation work. And then that's where like, I'll get a story idea from like, okay, to make that work, to make that ending work that didn't work in that movie that I saw, they would have to change all of these elements to line up that ending properly. And then sort of, reverse engineer and then just start riffing with somebody on something until it becomes something else you know yeah no, that's um, exactly how yeah. i think so it's yeah. like um the con the concept is good i like this concept like this idea of this thing is good yeah. but then when i saw the execution i was like i don't know why they went that that well those were the story choices with that execution like it doesn't make any right. sense to, to my brain my storytelling brain doesn't so how do we do that but different and better like that's yeah. always the question I asked Bobby. I'm like, no, 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 like this, but different and better. Like, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> always different, but better. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. hundred percent, dude. I think that is like the way I think too. You know, I think. How did, how did you approach though? Like metal shark bro? Like, because there isn't, you know, a, sh a, a, a story out there with a shark dude playing a guitar and you go, oh, that's not done right. Let me redo it. Like. Um, that was um, more just kind of happenstance and, and like that was more of like a coincidental thing. I, I heard a news story that kind of triggered something in my brain. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of one of those moments where it's like, oh, that would be super cool. So then I just called Kevin and we hashed it out, you know, over, you know, a 10 hour phone call. And then we had the whole first arc outlined, which was kind of fun to do. But so that was just something that was sparked by like a news story that I heard, you know? So it was just, you get inspiration from different places. But then with the story elements for Metal Shark Bro, it was like, we don't know if we'll be able to do this because we have to crowdfund it. So why don't we just shove everything that we love kind of into <laughs> this yeah. world work because mm -hmm. this might be our shot like this might be our our only shot to do this so mm -hmm. let's just fucking go out swinging so that that's kind of what we did you know yeah it was like why what what, the, what are the things that we want to do with this that make it bigger and like make everything bigger than the last thing you saw so like let's go let's go with this let's go with kaiju let's have like giant robot monster fights let's whatever we can squeeze in there that's going to make it bigger and more bombastic than and the at least, last scene. And if it makes sense, because part of it too was I think we had the idea and I think we still have that as storytellers. If they buy the basic premise of 
a guy falls off a boat and gets eaten by a shark and then he get that shark gets turned into a herald of satan <laughs> then they're going to go along with anything you do yeah and that yeah and that gives you that gives you a real freedom as a storyteller or you could just go fuck it man let's just go big or go home basically i hate to use such a stupid slogan that you see on t-shirts and stuff but i mean let's do it like let's try to make this thing as big as we can do yeah you know like i agree completely i think we did a lot of that same stuff going into yumi dude it was a lot of that same like oh i want you know what kind of spy car are we gonna have i want a lamborghini you know okay i want it to be you know electric blue okay can it change colors can it do you know what i mean (laughs) like just anything we wanted that we thought of we're like okay cool yeah put that in you know like doug wanted to put in music and we were like all right cool let's see how we can incorporate music into like the thing every aspect that we can think to put in there we put in there because you're right I mean I think when you're gonna go to people to fund what it is that you want to do I think you want it to be what it is that you want to do exactly you know I don't want people to fund me to do my dream that I don't want to do you know like I actually (laughs) want to do the thing so like I think that's like to me yeah I think you're totally right dude 100% So you, and it, it's neat to see you bring it back around to to that because like when I first saw the campaign I thought of it as like a like old boy meets like Bond or like something like that. Sure. Like, so it's yeah. got that that cool like mm-hmm. weird like like um, element a crime element from old boy with like everything is neon in one part and everything like the way that they use the. Uh, like the picturesqueness of old boy to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a, a lot of times there weren't, there, there was no one for him to talk to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like it is very like, it, it's relying on the visual storytelling to get all that across. Um, and then w- looking at what you guys are doing, you're doing that with like the fight scenes, say like in the big and bombastic like Asian cinema. And that's amazing. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome that you said, I mean, cause honestly that, that makes you feel good. Cause obviously I watched a lot of like Asian cinema to get and choreography and like to figure that stuff out, you know, holding on the shot and, and showing the action, which is like really weird and hard to do in a comic book, to be honest with you, <laughs> like to make that look like it's moving versus like still pictures. And, and I had like a huge paranoia about the pacing. Like I wanted it to read really fast. Cause like, I want her to be like this just, unstoppable juggernaut that you know just can't be controlled and so I want those action scenes to read really quickly so to be able to even try to do that I like looked at a ton of that Hong Kong like the Hong Kong uh, Asian cinema stuff and um yeah because they do that baller dude Jackie Chan movies and all kinds there's tons tons of old Asian cinema that does action so well that's always been my question what happened to to uh, not Chow Young Fat, but John Wu on that trip from Asia to Los Angeles. Like what happened to him? Like all of a sudden people just forgot that that dude knew how to make killer films. And then they, I don't know what happened. I love John Wu movies. They're terrific. Agreed. And maybe he got a little too much money from Tom Cruise when he did that uh, second Mission Impossible he movie almost, or something. You know? He almost killed like, that franchise. Yeah, like, he, he really almost did. killed that really. franchise. That's the crazy scarf, to think the about. The scarf scene, you know, like where he catches the scarf in the wind or whatever. Like, Do you guys have scarf. birds? Do you guys have uh, doves in your book at all anywhere? <laughs> Doug, are there doves anywhere? Are there doves? No, we got raccoons, though. Oh, that's cool. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, Hoyt just mentioned the pacing of the thing. Doug, how did you kind of, um, how did you approach Hoyt's idea of the thing being kind of like breakneck speed? Was it like dialogue light in some of the fight scenes? How did you go about to help that along? 
Yeah, that's a, that one's always a tough one. I mean, you know, from a writing, from my writing perspective, anyway, it's like I want to find like that that perfect balance if you can. And like Hoyt, Hoyt and I both felt like not only was she like it needs to be fast and everything needs to be fast paced, but I also wanted to kind of like have her talk fast. You know, so how do you get the reader to read faster? <laughs> you know, and, and get and carry over that kind of stuff. So I mean, it's it's I love the quiet scenes before the speed. So it's kind of like trying to figure out that 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 perfect balance of like how how many pages do you use to tell an action scene? You know, is is ten too many for a single issue? Yeah. You know, I think in, in traditional publishing they would tell you yes. Like you can't have you know eighteen pages of Captain America be nothing but action scene. You know, but like when you're doing your own thing, you can. So yeah. it's like trying to figure out that balance and 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 again, what did you want to see? You know, what did Hoyt and I want to see in the book? So that's where he and I would talk, and I'd be like, okay, well, I'm thinking, you know, like when we get to Lover's Bridge, let's take a moment of breath to where like she's actually putting a lock on this thing, but you don't realize like she was there early to set everything up. Like she's always, you know, 18 moves ahead of you, mm-hmm. and so like we had this quiet scene, and then of course she gets naked and changes. You know, right in front of her, her, her femme fatale duel. And, uh, and then we jump into this, like, okay, let's move nonstop until we get to the end. And then we'll slow it down again. And so that's like what we're trying to, you know, trying to balance, you know, that to be honest with you, I think a lot of it, at least for me, is, is just gut. Like, what does is, what is my gut tell me feels right? You know, what do I want to read? Is exactly. what it comes yeah, down to. Right. Yeah. Because Kevin and I always have the conversation about writing dialogue in fight scenes. And I feel like there's, there's an expectation from readers and even editors that I've worked with in the past to be like, you have to say something here. It's a fight scene. Like there has to be words, but it's like, why do we have to talk? Like it's, we're fighting, but why, why does there need to be dialogue here? Is it because you need to prove your chops as a writer or is it because the reader expects something or is it a little bit of both or? Cause nobody really talks when they're fighting. That's what we said. Yeah. Like nobody, I've never been in a fight and been talking to the guy at the same time. You're like, basically like, Oh, like you got to fight. But like, you know, nobody, nobody is in a fight trying to talk. So like, why do we have to do that? And, and uh, we, we didn't get a, a, a like a, a very good answer back. So maybe you guys have a good answer. Yeah. Doug, tell us why do we have to talk <laughs> during fights? I think there's, I think there's two reasons for that, to be honest with you. Number one, I think we've trained readers in comics to expect dialogue on every page and every panel. Okay, that's so just that's... something. Yeah, that's a trained, like traditional. That's what you do. The other one I'll throw at you is, I think at some point there were so many fight scenes that had no subtext to them that it, the fight scene was boring. No yeah. matter how well it was drawn, it was there was no there was no emotional stakes to it. And so I think the writing the dialogue part came to of like, how can I add emotional stakes to this fight scene? You know, and, and I, I'm with you, like, why can't you have, like, it's the final time Wolverine and Sabretooth face off. Let's have a 10-page fight scene where they say nothing. Yeah. You know, you go gunslinger on it, right? Like, they walk in, and they're like, this is the final time. And then you have this amazing fight scene, but it has to be good. Yeah. And it can't yeah. be just throwing punches. You know, I so I think that's where... There too. It's like, it, it's it's both. It's like the writer and then also the artist too, because if you're not someone who's capable of carrying the scene visually, then I think you need that, you know, extra boost from the dialogue to help you carry what's happening if you can't, if you don't understand or know how to like push somebody through that. I think from an artist's perspective, 
that puts a lot of pressure on me, right? No dialogue means everybody's definitely looking at the art. Dialogue means people are reading the dialogue and might look at the art, you know, like they'll, they'll read what's <laughs> happening on the dialogue and they'll glance over the art. But if there's no dialogue there, then they're forced to look at the pictures. And so that puts a lot of pressure. And I think just all, puts it on the artist to be able to tell that story visually, whatever that fight scene is. Yeah, but and, at the same um, time too, though, you can't sell a book that doesn't have great art. Right. Like if you, if your true. art, if your art stinks, so it's kind of like a yeah, weird, a yeah, it's a weird balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it seems balance. like you guys definitely have found that balance. Oh, thank you, dude. That is Thanks. incredibly kind. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting my, to getting my soft cover because I'm a cheapskate and I don't need a hard cover <laughs> to really enjoy things. Oh man, no. You're hey wrong. man, you every bit fucking hard cover. You need the metal one. Bob. I don't need, I don't need that stuff. <laughs> you I'm, do. My wife right, gets right. mad at me when I buy books. Like she's like, we have enough books, and I'm like, I know, but still, I need this one. They're friends, and it looks yeah. fucking killer. It looks fucking killer. Thank like, you, man. It Thank looks. Man. Hoy, you did a bang up job on this yeah. thing it Thank looks you happen, bro. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's like, hey, that's kevin man that, that so that the colors on that that's kevin leonard's man he killed it on that um kevin shout out to kevin leonard's man he is an amazing artist in his own right and he came with the color game on that and he just killed it like i mean we were gonna originally work together you know and he just like showed up with all these awesome calls like well i don't know what together means i'm just gonna like yeah. this is good and we're turning this shit in man so but, uh, but i'm you're a, a a good colorist in your own right hoy did you have any no. input on the colors or you just kind of let doug did you have any input or did you just kind of let the colorist do the colorist thing yeah just a conversation man honestly i think like at the end of the day uh as far as like doug and i are concerned really like the people we have involved, including ourselves, we trust everybody and trust each other to the point where we know the person's going to do that job. So um, when it came to the color stuff, we really just sat down with Kevin in the beginning and we're like, hey, this is the story we want to tell. This is what we want to go for. These are the vibes we want. You know, this is what we're, this is the, what we want to do overall with the storytelling. And then sort of Kevin just kind of went off on his own and would just come back with chunks, you know, and go, hey man, I've done this scene, you know, like, what do you think? And it was just, Every single time I was just like, dude, this is incredible. Like, I don't know, but none of these choices are color choices that I would make. And somehow this like works exactly the way that I would like it to. Um, and I think that's what you get also when you have that relationship with the people you're working with, uh, including like with Doug and our editor and everything is that when you get something back, it's not what you expected it to be, but somehow it's like more than what you wanted it you know yeah. like i think all of us were, tr were shooting for the intentions of what everybody else wanted instead of just like doing whatever and i think that like built up what we were doing like so much you know so yeah kevin killed it on those colors like amazing i mean the I mean, whole book go ahead doug i'm sorry I was, I was gonna say most of my input was the advice i give everybody that i don't follow myself you know, and I was like with Hoyt, even when he's doing the pages and stuff and, and Kevin Leonard, it's like, they'd be like, you know, dude, what do you think? And I was like, the worst thing you can do is bring it back to me and me have to tell you to go farther. I'd rather you go take this away and bring it back to me with the intentions of you knowing you, I'm going to tell you you went too far because I don't think that's possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> go and do it and do it to where you're like, there's no way Doug's going to let me get away with this. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. And if you can come back with that in your head, I guarantee you we have a good book. Yeah. And, and that's gotta that's gotta give you a lot of freedom, Hoyt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of like I think like we had this like one upsmanship with each other that wasn't negative, where it was like Doug would write something and I'd read the scenes, like for example, that Lover's Bridge fight scene that he was talking about. Um, one of the femme fatales in that 
she has these like this flaming cane this like flamethrower cane and, and Doug wrote this scene where her and Yumi face off and she's fighting with this like flamethrower cane and already I was like damn that's like a cool weapon had never thought of that before we had kicked around a bunch of different weapon ideas and then finally when I got the script of the scene he had chosen that one and I was just like wow that's really cool whatever but then I was like how do I make this cooler though like okay cane <laughs> with flamethrower cane would be dope but like it would be even tighter if like it was like she could split it into two flamethrower canes and now she's got like the dual wielding <laughs> flamethrower canes thing and I was just doing that and I laid it out that way and I sent it to Doug literally thinking exactly what Doug was saying to our editor as well and like thinking they're not going to let me roll with that I mean they're going to go that's not that's kind of dumb Hoyt like you shouldn't do that <laughs> and so but like everybody loved it and, and it was that just back and forth one thing and another and then Doug altered the dialogue and it was just a back and forth of trying to make what the person did before you better than what it was given to you as. Well, I mean, what's cooler than one flaming cane? Yeah, right. <laughs> two of them, obviously. Like that's clearly the yeah. answer. We're going, <laughs> we're doubling up. Yeah, man. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. It's twice as cool. Yeah, that's right. That's how I saw it. Yeah. So, what's with the raccoon? Tell me about the raccoon. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> oh, the raccoons. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have. Um, so the story has these sections where you sort of go into Yumi's perspective of her memories of what happened on her dates with our secret agent, Richard Head. And so one of the scenes involves her on her first date with Richard, where they go to uh, Izakaya Toyo in Osaka, Japan, and they sort of get some food, but some raccoons jump in and try to steal it. And it's got a whole subtext of like, you know, sort of, I don't want to spoil anything or whatever, but it's as a whole subtext of like what's happening with her and they're kind of trying to save her from getting with him kind of thing you yeah. know and it's just this cutesy sort of thing that we put together um you know and and there's also a raccoon eating out of the trash so there's that too <laughs> i mean people love raccoons right yeah. like yeah. you might as well tap into that shit no uh, we thought they were cool too and i think at the end of the day um doug worked a lot of that symbolism into our character as well um her being like japanese american her sort of tech, you know, she named uh, Tanuki, which is like a Japanese bear raccoon thing. So we yeah. worked that into the thing. Like there's a lot of, Doug did a really tight job, man. I, I would be curious to see if everybody picks up on all like the sweet little ins and outs that Doug put in there for all the stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's fun, man. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just daydreaming about how fun that was and want to do it so bad again for another project. So <laughs> now, 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 Doug, this thing is finished. Yes. So once the Kickstarter oh, yeah. ends in 14 days, uh, this book will be to the printer and out the door. Yes. Yes. Yep. It's already. That's awesome. yep, we've completely finished it. Yeah. That's really great. But, but the fun doesn't stop there. You guys have stretch goals in mind. Uh, that's what I read on the thing, right? So can, can, you, yeah, can, can you give us any kind of special intel, like secret agent stuff on the, on the specs on the, on the um, stretch goals? What do we got? 15, if we, if we hit 15, which one's added? that? That we include the daily, the daily comic, yeah. So if we hit 15, like we can afford day. to put, yeah, our, our monthly comic, which we're running like a daily comic every day. We're posting a panel from a comic that, a short story that Doug and I did, uh, you know, that happens before all the events in the book. It's just like a fun little thing that we wanted to do. That's fun. For the campaign, yeah. So if we can raise that 15, we can include that story in the book as well, which would be awesome. That'd be even more story pages for everybody. That's awesome. Yeah, so. I dig it, man. And this thing is already funded. There's, this will come out next week. So you've probably got about a week or 10 days left to back this book. It's Yumi, 
spy fatale batty royale thing it's a great title it's a great book dude i mean it's it's beautiful it looks great thank you man it thank really you, does you. like yeah. this thing is is just killer looking i'm so happy for both of you hoyt i've known you a really long time i'm really proud of you for doing that no, thank you dude i mean it's I great work dude it looks amazing yeah. for people who don't know bob wrote the very first comic book that i worked on the yeah, very first true. issue that i worked and that look I drew, how look bob how far you've come like yeah dude, you're no, stopped I, working with a hack like me and you're working whatever you guys like said, that. isn't that awesome <laughs> right yeah i haven't, I haven't <laughs> broke out yet man look at me i'm stuck your metal shark bro taking off to the sky and i'm over here just you know doing my thing hey Doug's got those hot image books, baby, right? No, He'll tell you he's got all those hot image books, right? No, no complaints mm-hmm. here, man. Honestly, like, I love y'all. Uh, I'm so glad that we can be friends after all this time. Like, it's just nice. <laughs> I think people, the, the relationships you build in comics, like, they come and go, you know? Like, the seasons, people stop doing comics, do comics, don't do comics, like, whatever. So it's just nice to have friends that have been around doing it as long as I have, if not longer, so... Yeah, I mean, it's a good time, dude. Like, we have fun. That's the whole point. We're trying to tell these stories, these great stories that need to be told. And I'm really happy that this one is going to be told and people are going to get to see it. So that, that's really awesome. Doug, is there plans for like a sequel? Are you guys working on a sequel for this thing or is that hush? Well, oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, the tough part was, you know, I mean, we just got over the stress of being funded. So, <laughs> you know, we were like, let's get funded and then we'll have that conversation. So until the Kickstarter is over, I don't think Hoyt and I are even going to think about that okay. conversation. Yeah. You know, it's like, but, you know, let's hold off. Let's see what happens. Like, you know. But are the, are the wheels in your head at all turning about the further adventures of... You oh, mean yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, we've already had we've already had multiple conversations about you know what what, what we can do next. That's you awesome. know, that that conversation came up in another in a meeting and they were like, you know, what would you do after this? We don't think this can be a franchise kind of thing. And we're like, um, Hoyt and I just started spitting out different ideas and we're like, here's four. <laughs> yeah, like, here's one about this. We could do this, yeah. we can change it to this. We can and then you pointed at and like, and here's two right here. Suck it. We got all this stuff figured out, baby. <laughs> Uh, that's really awesome nice. well this thing well, is and Go i'm ahead, glad Jim. you guys are funded and I'm, I'm glad that that part of the stress is over so that's great you guys are going to get to the stretch goals i believe yeah. thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah man i mean it's it's a beautiful book congratulations to both you guys we're so excited for both of you and like doug where can we find you on social media Oh, well, I do the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You know, usually if you uh, punch in Doug Wagner, you'll see my ugly mug on one of those pages. So it's pretty, you know, I'm, I don't look like very many people. Or I should say <laughs> never, very many people don't look like me. So right. however we wanted to inter- interpret that. That's cool. <laughs> and then Hoyt, where can we find you, my man? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at, at Hoyt Silva. Um, and I'm on Instagram at, at the Hoyt, T-H-E-H-O-Y-T. So. Hoyt, are you still doing the Twitch streams and all that? I'm still doing it. Well, so I've I've taken a little break from that just because I was doing a lot of work and working on this stuff and getting it all together and stuff. But I will be resuming streaming on Twitch again here in the future, uh, not too far in the future. So that's uh, that's the Hoyt on Twitch as well. There you go. There you go. So Doug and Hoyt, thank you so much, man. This book is, it's hot. It looks great. It looks fucking cool as shit, dude. Like I'm really excited for both of you guys. Go to Kickstarter. Yumi, Spy Fatal, uh, Batty Royale. Check that out right now on Kickstarter. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Dude, oh, my pleasure, proud. man. Yeah, yeah sure. thank you. Thank you so and, much. and good luck. Oh, fuck, you don't even need luck. You're already funded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys.
B-A-D-D-I-E. That oh, was Daddy. Doug Wagner and Hoyt Silva promoting their fantastic Kickstarter, Yumi, Spy Fatale, Batty Royale. This book looks amazing. Yeah, it looks great. Um, and those guys are great, too. Isn't it cool when your friends do awesome stuff? It, it is fun to be to be like really happy for your friends like yeah when you're like oh this is really cool that they had a lot of fun making this i can't wait till we do something that we're having a lot of fun making kind of thing and and also like it's really cool to see you guys having fun making things you know i hope everybody in comics has the same attitude it's really fun to see your friends do well that should be your mantra for life say it out loud it's fun to see your friends do well um so speaking of friends doing well We've got a lot of guests coming up. We've got a lot of cool stuff happening on Word Bros. So thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the hottest comic podcast in the game. Hosted by Kevin Cuff. And Bob France. It's the Word Bros. Thank you. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. Thewordbros.com. <laughs>